I trust and pray that you're enjoying uh, the theme of this year called Let's Go. And as you would have seen on the video, you would have noticed that, oh, by the way, thanks, worship team. Thanks, guys. Aren't you so glad? That just, aren't they just so awesome? They just love worshiping with them. Amen. 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 And uh, you would have noticed that our theme this year is Let's Go. And part of that is broke up into three parts, evangelism, discipleship, and your discovering your calling. And this morning we are continuing on the stream of evangelism. And I believe and I know that God wants to speak to us so that it's not about getting excited and doing nothing when we walk out of this house, but rather the Holy Spirit will birth a, a, a hunger in our hearts to see people come to know the Lord. And I pray that in Jesus' name, that it won't be just a word, but an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That as you hear the word of God today, you'll be compelled to step out and see God move in miraculous ways in your life. In Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So th this morning's message, and I'm so grateful to be sharing it with you, is called The Great Commission. Someone say commission. Okay, why don't you high five the person to your left and say commission. Yeah, and to your right, commission. And if you're online and you're by yourself, you can high five yourself, commission. Amen. Oh, no, that's online. <laughs> hey, let's have a look at the word today, Matthew 28. And uh, I, I love this scripture and these couple of verses. And let's have a look what Jesus is saying here. And like you, I've read this scripture a thousand times, but I believe that God wants to speak to us today. And Jesus came, this is verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority, everyone say all authority, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Someone say disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Someone say you. And lo, that I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And the church said, Amen. When we read the Bible, we need to understand is that God is a God of order, not a God of disorder. Come on, can I hear an amen today? We serve a God as a God of order and everything that is written in the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And when we read the Bible and as Christians, we've got to be students of the Word of God. And you don't have to be a Bible college student to do that. You don't have to be a student at school. But each and every one of us have a responsibility to study the Word of God and understand the Word of God. And as we study the Word of God, we will know what God is trying to tell us. God speaks to His people through His Word. And notice that when you read Scripture, there is an order in which God speaks. And can I encourage you that when you sit down and you take time and you read the Bible, that you take notice of the order in which the Bible is written. The Holy Spirit has put words and phrases in an order, not because it's something nice to do, not because it's fancy, but because there's great power in order. And so when we read the Bible, can I encourage you, be students of the Word and allow the Word of God to transform your life in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? And you know, these few verses of Scripture, 
that we just read record the last words of Jesus Christ whilst his time was here on earth. This was after his death and after his resurrection. And if you look closely at the verses of Scripture, you will, prior, you will notice that Jesus was speaking to the 11 disciples on the Mount of Galilee to give them their last and final instruction before he left his earthly ministry. In the past few years, the disciples had spent time with Jesus. They had learned many great things from him. His teaching was powerful. Can I hear an amen? His words, when he spoke, touched the hearts of many of those who heard him speak. They had seen many miracles under his leadership and under his ministry. And now coming to the end of his earthly assignment and his earthly ministry, Jesus spoke this last and final statement to them. We need to understand that this, this string of words was more than a statement. It was a whole lot more than that, but an instruction or a command for them to take the next step that that Jesus needed for them to do. In your Christian life, you've got to understand that Christianity is more than just coming to church. Come on, can I hear an amen? Christianity is more than just knowing how to sing some songs and how to leave your hands in the presence of the Lord. And, and trust me, that is an amazing and a beautiful, beautiful thing. But Christianity is a whole lot more than just reading the Bible. And it is a good thing, don't get me wrong, reading the Word of God sustains us, the Word of God instructs us, the Word of God corrects us. Can I hear an amen? I don't know about you, but there's been some times that I've read the Word of God and I've got offended. That's just me. You guys are over spiritual, I know. You don't get offended with the Word of God, you just read the Word of God. Yep, that's me all over. But some of us, when we read the Word of God, it challenges us and takes us to a place where we actually need to make a decision to make some change. The Bible is one of the only books that you can read that is not just relevant for the time it was written, but it is powerful, breathing and anointed and relevant for today's society and for your life. It is more than a statement, but an instruction and a command. And these words that Jesus spoke to these 11 were words that these guys had to make a decision to take personally. There is times where you can read the word of God and you can say that word is for someone else. Who knows what I'm talking about today? And sometimes you will read the word of God and then you will understand and the Holy Spirit will, be, will reveal it to you and go, yep, that word is for somebody, share that. But sometimes God, when you're reading the word of God and when you hear the instructions of what Jesus is saying, it is a time sometimes to not just pass it on to someone else, but it's a decision that we need to take and take the Word of God personally. There's something personal that we need to do and take in order to see the hand of God begin to move and continually move in our lives. Jesus starts by reminding them that all authority has been given to Him on in heaven and on earth. Earth. This is Matthew 28, verse 19. And I've often wondered, God, why would you start a scripture, a couple of verses of scripture when you're trying to instruct us, but then remind us about authority? And look at this. The power, see, we understand that all authority has been given to Jesus on heaven and on earth, but listen to this the power 
to make and give orders. The power to make decisions and enforce directives is given to Jesus Christ in heaven and on earth. That is why the word says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is mentioned in Philippians 2 verse 10, if you're taking notes today. That is why in the name of Jesus, people are healed. Come on, listen carefully today. This is why in the name of, in, in the name of Jesus, demonic activity is silenced, subdued and removed. That is why in the name of Jesus, things in the heavenlies and on the earth are made straight. That is why in the name of Jesus, it changes atmospheres. It brings healing. It brings restoration. It sets people free. It breaks, uh, it breaks diseases. In the name of Jesus, it breaks the power of sin and strongholds. In the name of Jesus, it has the power and carries weight and dominion, not just in heaven, but on earth also. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, do you believe it today? There is power in the name of Jesus. Why? Yeah, come on, I think it's almost praiseworthy right there. That is because that all authority, listen carefully today, all authority has been given to him and his name. Have you ever heard someone pray and declare or believe something to change? They will do it in Jesus' name. They will do it in Jesus' name. And you might say, well, why do, why do they say that? Listen carefully. They say that. They declare the name of Jesus. And they say that. And this is the reason. It is not a, a statement or something nice to say on the back of a sentence. Listen carefully. No, it is spoken. Now we declare the name of Jesus. It is spoken and it's, a, and it's declared and as a reminder to whatever force is holding back healing, holding back breakthrough in a situation that it must be subject to the name of Jesus and in that name of Jesus carries weight and carries dominion. We do not war against flesh and blood. Come on now. Who knows what I'm saying today? I want to encourage every person online in the room today. Declare the name of Jesus to situations. Declare the name of Jesus in your workplace. Declare the name of Jesus in your school. Because the name of Jesus has the ability and it does, it breaks strongholds and pushes back demonic activity in Jesus' name. You can give God a hand clap if you want to. I just. You know, Lord, I was actually thinking about that wonderful name. And I was just thinking about, Lord, our prayers, Lord, forgive us when we've used your name in vain. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about today? When we've used the name of Jesus as a swear word, when we've used the name of Jesus in a statement or a sentence that doesn't give honour and glory 
to that wonderful name. He knows what I'm talking about today. Lord, forgive us. Forgive our families. Forgive our nation. Forgive our cities. Lord God, forgive our media for taking your name in vain. Can I, hear, can I have an amen to that? And you might think today, does it really matter? It's a very valid question, actually. Does it make a difference? Yes, it does. It makes a huge difference. Because when you take the name of Jesus in vain, I'm not about slapping people over the wrists. I'm, I'm about explaining an education. And I pray this becomes revelation to you. It's because when we take the name of Jesus in, in vain, we are bringing dishonor not to just the name, but to the authority that has been placed on that name. Do you understand what I'm saying today? Using Jesus' name as a swear word not only dishonors that name, but dishonors the authority that's behind that name. So now that we understand that all authority has been given to Jesus, he issues this command to the 11 at the time. And it was notice it was not a suggestion, but something that God had asked them to do. Let's not think for a moment that what, that because Jesus commanded it back then, it does not apply right now. Listen carefully. The word of God and the words of Jesus have the power, not just at the time that was spoken, but they transcend time and the same power that's available then is available now in your life. The same power and the same anointing. The word go is a verb. And the reason why, and, and what is a verb? A verb is an action word. Now you're probably wondering, James, why would you even say that on, on a sermon? Well, if you were like me in school when the teacher was teaching it, I was either zoning out or I wasn't there. So I figured that if you're in the same situation as me, I figured I'd explain it to us. But the word go is a verb. It's an action word. It's not a passive word. It's not a, it's not a word that just you just think about it. It's a, ver, it's a word that's telling us to move from our current stance and situation. Many times we hear the word of God. The word of God is saying, what, hear what the word of God is saying, and we say, we say, yes, Lord, let me think about it. And don't get me wrong, let me pray about it. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with thinking and praying about it. But if, if praying and thinking about it is an excuse for not doing what the word of God says, then maybe we need to change what, what, we're, what we're doing. And can I encourage you today, when Jesus said go, He's saying, get cracking, get moving, move and see what I would do. Get moving in your workplace, get moving in your school, get moving when you're taking the kids to childcare, get moving and see what I will do. And then Jesus says, then you need to go and you need to make disciples. So then Jesus says, make disciples. When Jesus says this, what's he saying? He's saying, create, shape people bring into existence. When we do this, we don't do it out of our own strength. Listen carefully today. Some of us, man, when you hear a word like this, you think that it's all up to you to make all the moves. And, and it's subconsciously, maybe the reason why you don't step out and speak to people is, is subconsciously you believe that maybe it is up to you to see people come to know Christ. Can I tell you, that's, that's not your job. 
Your job is to step out and go and allow the Holy Spirit to do the heavy weight of changing their hearts. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to be the one that softens their minds and, 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 and opens their ears. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to do the heavy lifting to bring people to come to Christ. Sometimes we can over-spiritualize it. But Jesus is not talking about over-spirituality. He's making it very simple. He's just saying, go and make disciples. My job is to do what God says. His job is to send the Holy Spirit to, to work on our behalf. You know, when you speak and you share what God is doing in your life, you've got to understand is that the Holy Spirit comes upon your words and, cre- and puts the anointing and, and puts weight on what you say. Have you ever been in a place in a situation where you've been speaking to somebody and you just feel like the word was for you? Come on, that's what I'm talking about today. Why is that? That happens because it's not the power, it's not in the person that's delivering the message. The power is in the anointing and the spirit of God that is in those words that, that pushes past atmosphere, pushes past your ears and into your heart and begins to minister to you. Never think. Never think that when you go and you take action that the Holy Spirit is not with you because He is in Jesus' name. When we see someone come to know Christ and we share the love of God, we are putting faith knowing that God will do what He will do. God will do what He will do. We need to understand that when we do it, listen carefully, that we do it with we, we, sorry, when we do it with the authority that God has delegated to us. So when Jesus said, get up and go and make disciples, not only was he commanding for us to take action, but he was delegating anointing. He was de- delegating the Holy Spirit. Come on, listen carefully today. He was delegating all the tools and the resource from heaven. So when you declare the name of Jesus and share the goodness of God to people in your neighborhood and in your workplace, that they'll be impacted by heaven in Jesus' name. We need to understand that we don't have the power to forgive sins. We don't have the power to bring healing as far as delegation of authority is concerned, but rather we become instruments in the hand of God. And so that, you know, you know, you know how heaven touches people? Heaven touches people when God's instruments get out and do something and speak to people and have coffee with people. Never underestimate something simple as a smile or a cup of coffee. Because sometimes that's what God needs to touch people. I believe this week there are divine appointments that you are going to have by even simply smiling at people and saying hello. Come on, can I hear it? Amen. Because it's not just about the natural. It's not just about what you can do, but it's about what the Holy Spirit is doing with you. Everybody can be a part of this. So what God is saying here, it's not, God is not exclusive. He does not have a set of requirements in order to be disciple to or to disciple. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go to every part of the earth. There are no exceptions. Speak to everyone regardless. That's why I love that this, in this house, we're all about missions. That we're just more than just about this building. 
But we look outside this building and we, we think about others. We think about other people's eternity. We think about people coming to know Jesus. We think about people getting saved and being set free, not just when they get to heaven, but in life right now. We're just more than just about me and I. This is why discipleship is so important. Sometimes we can read a verse like this and think it's all about discipling. Yes, there is, there is discipleship involved in that, but it's more than that. The text in, in, in context for this text is about sharing the good news with people. This week, who, who has God placed in your world for you to share the good news? Who is that work colleague in your office that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to? And maybe, maybe, just maybe this week, we need to spend some time with the Holy Spirit and ask and go, Holy Spirit, who is it this week that you want me to speak to? Because I can guarantee you that God has placed, there's no accident why the people that are in your world are in your world. They are there because God wants to touch them. And God touches them through people. And God has put his hand upon us to do that in Jesus' name. But then Jesus says this. The next one, he says, be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You know, in this next statement, Jesus is saying, he's speaking here about identity. And it's an outward declaration that we belong to Christ and not to this world. Can I hear an amen to that? It's also a reminder that Christ came and died for our sins, that we may walk in newness of life. God wants us to walk in newness of life. Baptism is the first step of identifying with Christ, with all he has done. But once that happens, that's when we need discipleship so that we can change our mindsets, so we can change our habits in order to have a complete transformation. That is why when you give your life to Christ and you're baptized, you still do things that do not line up with the word of God. Come on, here's what I'm talking about today. We can all look holy on a Sunday, but sometimes it's very different on our Mondays. That is why we need to be discipled. The reason is we carry bad habits strongholds. We do practices or regular tendencies that, that keep us from the position. And sometimes we feel like we're on a merry-go-round. But when Christ died, he broke the power of sin. And when you gave your life to Christ and you asked for forgiveness, the slate was washed clean. Growth, Christian growth, doesn't come, listen carefully, by cute sermons. It comes by discipleship. It comes when we are challenged to grow and challenged to change. Never get to a place where you think you do not need to change. Never get to the place where you think you've made it. The only time we've made it is when we get to heaven. Come on, can I hear an amen? The only time we really make it is when we get to heaven. And even then, we will still be on a journey of discovery. I love how Jesus reminds them, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. He's saying, hey, guys, 
You need to teach people. Not just in theory, but practical. Someone say practical. There is something that happens when we do things practically that takes the knowledge from just head knowledge to a heart knowledge. And God wants to do that for us today in Jesus' name. But we need to know that there is a partnership that takes place when we go and do what God has called us to do. There is a partnership with the Holy Spirit that converts words, puts weight, meaning and anointing, that touches hearts and minds and reveals what God is wanting them to know. So when we speak to someone about Jesus, we are instruments in the hand of God. The Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting in Jesus' name. But then the Lord Jesus finishes with this. And lo, I am with you always. Even until the end of the age. So you've got to understand something. When God doesn't want to be just with you when you're in church. He doesn't want to just be with you when you're reading your Bible. But he wants to be, be, be with you in every part of your life. And when next time you're speaking to someone, you're sharing the good news and you're evangelizing and you're sharing about the, what God has done in your life, you've got to understand something. The Holy Spirit is with you. Don't ever think it's just you. It's the Holy Spirit with you in Jesus' name. I love this, how this couple of verses has panned out. He's, Jesus starts off with all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. Then the next part of it is go therefore and make disciples of all nations and all the rest. And then he finishes and reminds us that, lo, I am with you always. So what can we do this week? If I could have the keyboard up, that would be great. What can we do this week? Practically, there's people in your workplace. There's people in your school. There's people in your neighborhood that need to know Jesus Christ. And can I encourage you this week, someone say this week, this week, why don't you spend some time with the Lord and pray in the name of Jesus that hearts will be open to receive. Because sometimes we can just, we can increase effectiveness in evangelism by first praying in Jesus' name. There is something that happens in the name of Jesus that breaks barriers. The name of Jesus softens hearts. In the name of Jesus, spiritual clutter is removed. In the name of Jesus, minds are ready to receive the good news. In the name of Jesus, things that wouldn't happen, happen. In Jesus' name. There are divine appointments that God is wanting us to have this week. 
Don't ever think it's just ministers that can do that. We're all called to be ministers in wherever place that God has placed us.